0: episode 27, Team First, Dentistry with Integrity. I'm your host, Dr. Justin trost and today, we are Dr. Sarah Mahmood Perspective. For doctors who want a thriving practice and abundant home life, listen as your host, Dr. Justin trost goes behind the curtain and interviews doctors and guests about real world triumph, struggles, practical tips, and entertainment on this episode of A Doctor's Perspective. Welcome back. I'm excited to keep Women's Spotlight Month going for a few more weeks. Today's uh, Dr. Sarah Mahmood. We're going to cover all kinds of dentist topics, as well as how to keep your integrity, why put the team first instead of just patient first, mercury fillings, BPA fillings, truth versus fiction, corporate versus private practice, her favorite class, inspiring book choices for women and why she wakes up at 430 in the morning. All the show notes can be found at a doctor's perspective slash two seven. Let's go hashtag behind the curtain. Everybody, I told you we had a surprise today. Women's Spotlight Month has now been continued. Excited to hear that. I'm excited to do it. And today, for our first time, we have a dentist. Woo! And her name is Dr. Sarah Mahmood. She is a fresh dentist out of school. She's ready. She's got a license. She just started a new clinic. I want to hear all about it. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Absolutely. Well, I want to know, I guess, just from the jump, you had just mentioned you graduated about a year ago. You just got your brand new practice one week. Congratulations. Thank you. Tell us what have what you been doing for the past year and what's it like to be a new dental grad ready to change the world?
1: Well, you know, I actually knew from the beginning of dental school several years ago that this is what I wanted to do when I got out. Um, I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner. It's actually been about two years since I've graduated. So it took longer than I was expecting it to, but you know, like things go in life. I appreciate that the experiences that I gained in that time, um, I guess what got me down this path is my dad is a physician who turned into an entrepreneur as soon as he could in his career, which was after he had three kids and a mortgage. So he was mm. well into his forties, and I wanted to to see what it would be like to take those resources and start a little bit earlier uh, in the game and uh, get out there and create a vision for myself and for the communities that I serve. But um, it's it's been it's been a ride, you know. I immediately graduated and thought. Um, Instead of starting a practice, I would like to have some more experience within the realm of business. So I got uh, actually the night that I graduated, I started my classes for my MBA, which was uh, tough to juggle. But within a year, I was able to graduate with my MBA um, from a local university, UT Dallas, uh, same place I got my undergrad. So that actually opened my eyes to how I wanted to do my business. And I'm so appreciative for that experience. Um, And in the meantime, I've been working on my continuing education as well just to expand my clinical breadth. So it's it's been fun. These past two years have been busy. That's for sure.
0: Wow. I never expected to go straight from school and just get my that tends to be what my buddies are doing now. Almost 10 years later, like I think it's probably a good idea. I can expand (laughs) my scope of uh, skills for the job market. So that is wild. And were you working doing dentistry between um, concurrently?
1: Yeah. So the good thing about a lot of these MBA programs is they know that their classes and their students are going to have work, full-time work. So I was able to take the night classes at the university. And now, you know, in 2017, we have so many online resources. So some of my classes were online as well, which was phenomenal to be able to have that flexibility. But I mean, the, the funny thing is, is I took a class called the principles of hospital administration. It was just this random, you know, class that I decided to bring onto my schedule. And it was the most formative experience that I could have ever had. And I'm sure we'll touch on it, but it just opened my eyes to the, um, absolute priority that employee engagement should have. And that I just have not seen in the dental industry. You know, you're starting to see it more and more in hospitals around the you know, world with, you know, Kaiser and, um, Mayo Clinic doing things for their, their, their team that makes them feel empowered and happy to go to work. And I just want to bring that to my industry because you don't see it in the small business realm. Uh,
0: go ahead and go into that. Cause I'm now I'm confused. I don't know <laughs> what that means. And I would like to know. So <laughs> yeah. go into my story
1: that. is all over the place. So I had mentioned that my dad is a physician by entrepreneur. I mean that he got into dialysis clinics about 10 years ago and, um, From there, he transitioned to owning his own hospital. So that was the the mindset behind taking a class on principles of hospital administration. I thought maybe I'll meet some people, network, get him connected to some um, folks that would be beneficial to him. Um, He owns a hospital in one of the suburbs of DFWs, which is doing um, pretty well. So um, through that experience, the professor who taught that class, his name is Britt Barrett, Dr. Britt Barrett. He was the CEO of one of the largest hospitals in DFW. And he said, my you know, secret sauce to success is um, employee engagement. So he wrote this book called um, Patients Come Second. And it was this like phenomenal change in perspective that people have been used to, because what he firmly believes is that if you put your team first, they'll take care of your patients. So, so often you hear in you know mission statements and uh, bios that you know we put our patients first, that's what sets us apart. Well, I'm completely changing that and shattering that perspective. I put my team first, and by putting my team first, my my patients benefit even more. You know if my people are happy to come to work and they feel valued and they feel like the the work that they're doing is producing something that gets them closer to their personal and professional goals, then I will be able to transform my clinical experience because of how they are treating them. You know, so often as wow. doctors, we don't spend as much time with the patients. It's our, it's our team that does, you know, I walk in, do an exam, maybe do the treatment, but my assistants and my hygienist and my office manager, they're the soul of my practice. And so we're, we're just, ch- we're shaking it up. We're shaking
0: everything up. Yeah. I've heard you, the doctor never even finds out like, well, why'd Sally leave? Why'd Bob leave? Yeah. Oh, because your front desk is horrible. Exactly. And your team is just rude. So you're great. And, and you're you have rude. To ask your team's why rude. I don't they, want to deal with you.
1: You know, why are they rude? Why are they not treating your people with respect? Are they feeling respected?
0: Mm. So did you learn like money sometimes it's money, but a lot of times it's not money that makes people happy. It's Job responsibilities and all that.
1: Exactly. I mean, money has some degree of influence, but if you show that you care about what people's inner workings are, you know, for instance, at my onboarding, and I say onboarding, but I have three team members right now, um, including me, there's four, but I just want to create process and procedures off the bat. So that we can expand in a healthy way. So, at our onboarding, you know, we did a love language test so that we would know how each one of us wants to be appreciated. We did an emotional intelligence test so that we knew where we stood um, and how our uh, self awareness is, and social awareness, and relationship management. So, instead of going and talking about when a filling needs to be diagnosed and how I'm going to do an extraction, you know, that stuff we know and that'll come. But how you deal with people, From me to them and from them to my um, patients and to our patients is what makes the biggest difference.
0: Wow, that's pretty wild. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously, I think about that with my wife. I'm like, okay, what's your love language? And it really (laughs) matters. And it helps, right? But I never thought of that with with staff because it really, especially – you know, I got a buddy, I think he works with seven or eight different women, and he's like, you can get crazy in there. Yeah. Like, everybody has issues, and you got to, like, juggle all of that. Yeah, have
1: emotions and
0: yeah. stressful environment. What well, you, you test you'll take?
1: We just found, you know, they have a bunch online, and I know the actual emotional intelligence, you know, company or whatever has set up a business division where you can pay and get, like, accurate results. I printed out a simple survey, and we had, like, a rudimentary kind of approach to figuring out where we stand. It was not technical by any means, but I think just by expressing a desire to learn someone in that way helped me get what I was trying to get out of that exercise.
0: Yeah, that makes sense, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, wow we. So <laughs> the, I'm curious. This is not gonna, uh, I was going, is it? No, this is cool, though. I mean, I never really thought about that, but it makes a lot of sense. And then because all the training you said with your staff, the actual here's how you do this, here's how you do that, you're going to have your own fine tuning. But really, a lot of these people probably are hygienists already. They've been trained in what to do. And they just have to tweak it to what you want, too. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm curious about that. We're kind of jumping around my normal flow, but that's OK, too. <laughs> So when you're training a staff member like that, Mm -hmm. they're trained in a certain way. They may have had experience in the past. Have you learned what you like, or do you kind of just let them be kind of anonymous in that area?
1: You know, when I first got out of dental school, unfortunately, the school that I went to, and I think a lot of schools across the country do not put enough emphasis on what to expect in the real world. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't have assistance. We're doing our own cleanings. It's kind of environment where you have type A students all around you trying to get to the top. And it's, it's a demoralizing experience, I think, from start to finish in a lot of different ways. So when I uh. got out, I really didn't know how to train an assistant. And I was put in an office where I was the sole practitioner. And the assistant had just graduated from assisting school maybe a couple months earlier. And you're so used to doing everything on your own that you don't know how to tell someone how to help you. And you don't even know how you want to be helped. So that, I, I made sure to transition out of that position as quickly as I could. I think I started in August and left in February because I can't learn there if I'm not exposed to someone who knows what they're doing. So I mm. immediately went into a – that was a corporate location. And Are you familiar with corporate dentistry to any degree?
0: Uh, I'm not, so that might mean more, some of my listeners aren't either. So let if you want yeah. to, let's go dive down that a little bit and we'll, we'll double back.
1: Sure. So corporate dentistry. Like when you're driving down the street and you see a bunch of, you know, there's in Dallas that are saturated with like the monarchs and the mints and, you know, where I was at was a floss. And, you know, corporate tends to have a negative connotation, but there are a lot of positives. You know, they don't have a really tough um, criteria for how they uh, accept um, people into the dental position. If you have a dental degree, you're likely to get a job. And it's just a, make sure you
0: bill out a certain amount.
1: <laughs> exactly. So they do have production goals for you, and if you don't reach those production goals, you're not getting bonus. And they work you pretty hard. You know, they work you at least one or two Saturdays a month, if not more. And mm. um, they make you work evenings. I mean, we're, we're they're focused on the, the dollar sign, right? So they want to make yeah, sure they're course. as efficient as possible in responding to consumers. And consumers want hours in the evenings and they want hours on the weekends. So that traditional thought that you know dentists work nine to five and they have bank holidays off is just not the case anymore. So mm-hmm. I was at a corporate location. Typically, most people have to work at corporate after they graduate because of loans. I mean, the average loans are at what three or four hundred thousand dollars when you get out of a professional program.
0: I'm sure it was. Some- and you guys' build out are incredibly expensive. Like a chiropractor,
1: yeah. uh-huh. I mean,
0: it's not but that bad. But you gotta have sinks <laughs> in every single room and everything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> our equipment alone, I mean if I got I went through the numbers of how much my, my practice costs to build, it would just blow your mind because our technology oh. is so advanced, you know. Um so I was lucky enough to be able to transition out after a few months and then went into mm-hmm. private practice. So in the dental world, private practice is like the elite, you know. You've you've established yourself as a solo doc and now you can hire on an associate. You've likely been seeing your patients for 10 plus years. And, um, you can have the niceties of a, of a advanced office. So that was a mm. really cool experience for me. Um, so yeah, I was at the corporate office where they, the attrition problem for them is really high, but they also don't care,
0: you know, cause so they don't have like, you have to hit 300 root canals or like you may that's get fired.
1: Question. That's a good question. So they really do push production and a lot of the, you know, ethically challenged places may have someone who is not a licensed doctor try to tell you how to do your diagnosis, which is Mm. a a tough position to be in. I think as a clinician, um, I luckily was not in that situation. I know I have had colleagues that have been, and then you get, and then, you know, we aren't given legal advice when we are in dental school, not enough to understand how to read a contract. So if you're stuck in something that's five years long, or there's some sort of crazy non-compete or a yeah. penalty for trying to break the contract then it just sucks you know so i would say you know for any of the young listeners who are are um hearing this podcast definitely wh- whatever industry you're in know your contract hire some help to get you know professional um eyes onto a contract because there's stuff in there that will blow your mind um, is I think it still
0: I- wiggle room because it's corporate sometimes they're just like uh, oh, you can sign it or you can leave <laughs> So I there mean, are wiggle If you rooms.
1: decide to walk away, then they'll probably just hire someone else. But there's always room for negotiation. People in any walk of life are going to give you what's going to benefit them the most first, and then mm-hmm. you just kind of you know go back and forth until you find a common ground.
0: So uh, real quick, then I'm curious if how can you tell if a if a if you know you, we don't know what we're looking at, and I don't even know the right terminology for this. But you could have just got a a cap or a filling, but we're gonna go ahead and root canal it or. I don't yeah. even know what an in between step is. How can you tell as a consumer like if you're getting duped or not?
1: So, that is, I'm so glad that you brought that up because the entire central premise of what I've built is dentistry with integrity. And I think, you know, it's so funny because my parents pushed me to be a dentist my whole life almost, my whole young adult life, because they just said, you know, it's a comfortable life, you know, you won't have the weekend calls, you won't have to worry about someone's life on your hands, and you'll make good money. And so, um, you know, I ended up enjoying what I saw, but they themselves never trusted the dentist that they went to, you know. (laughs) And we've seen many dentists in our lives, and they always felt like they were out to get their own gain. It's one of those industries, kind of like, you know, uh, mechanic, where... You don't really know how your car works or what your car needs unless you're some sort of, you know, nerd about it. Um, so what I decided to create was a promise where my tagline is dentistry with integrity and my whole team is trained to follow our mission statement to the core, which is to treat everyone fairly, no frills, honest dental care. I mean, say you come in and you need a crown, right? Mm-hmm. How can I just expect that you'll have... 1500 to $2,000 that you're ready to charge on your credit card. I mean, you have to, to take into account someone's economic situation, their other priorities, and give them a plan B or a plan C because what we're doing is not, you know, life or death, but you do want to improve your oral health in the best way that you can. And if there is a yeah, if there's no other option, then there's no other option. You have to express it and educate and inform. And if there is a plan B that can hold a, someone over for a little bit, you have to let them know. You know, I want to take out this whole salesman gimmicky part of the industry because I just hate it. I hate it so much.
0: So sometimes you could have an option where you might need a crown, but if you really can't afford it, you could drill it out and put a, a filling. or yeah, like you could I do mean, something Like you could rip it out if you had to. Or,
1: so, so often, you know, I'll see a person whose filling is, you know – not an optimal condition. There may be a fracture in it, or it may have like marginal integrity problems. Um, You can either replace that filling. You could watch it. You could put a medicament on it. Uh, And then there's those instances where it's like, you know, you really got to get this crown. So it's Mm -hmm. just about knowing that there's not a black or white. There is a gray area. And the, the most important thing is to just treat treat your patients like they're your mother or father sitting in the chair. Would you okay. want your mom or dad to get aggressive treatment when they could have been treated conservatively? And I feel like it may not pay off in the short term in terms of you know my production. But if we can build that trust and that volume, we'll be fine. You know?
0: Yeah. Something if I walked into a dentist and you need, five <laughs> hopefully, cr- I'm not back in of-
1: five years. Like people need crowns, Justin. They just need crowns. Okay.
0: Rookie mistake. Yeah, Rookie I was- mistake. I should have just did it. Yeah. They're back and they're mad because they had to do it twice in a year. Well, because I'm thinking if I need five crowns, I don't have a single cap. I never had a cavity. Knock yeah. on some wood. But <laughs> if I walked in, I was like, yeah, you have five cavities. I'd be like, ah, maybe I should go to the uh, big corporate place for forty nine ninety nine and get a second opinion.
1: Of course. Before I
0: drop five grand on some, uh, some dental work.
1: I wish more people would do that because one of the other things that we all push for is bring us your treatment plan and let us do a free second opinion for you. We're not trying to make money off of you. We just want to prevent you from getting something that we personally on a conservative level don't feel like you you may or may not need, you know. And I don't oh, want to undermine other professionals. Yeah. We're all trained in different ways, you know. We all have a different approach. My approach is more conservative, and I can offer that to you.
0: There's, I mean, like you said, there's always people that are going to take you, take you to town, and there's gonna be others that are like yourself who are like, mm-hmm. let's, let's be ethical and mm-hmm. just figure it out. Yeah. Well, I'm curious. I, I, I have all these other questions. We'll definitely go back to them. But now my my juices are flowing. In. <laughs> I saw on your website you got something BPA free. Uh, Fillings, I believe. Yes. What is that? Talk about that.
1: So it's been around in Europe for quite a bit. It just got FDA approved in the US about a year ago and it kind of fell on my lap. I was having a meeting with one of my vendors who uh, is a supply person for a Voco brand, V O C O, and she started okay. telling me about how this is now uh, legal in the US to use. And uh, I'm surprised it took so long, honestly, because BPA has a lot of negative wrap in the industry. And for a reason, you know, the research shows that it can have a – it can mimic estrogen in your body and cause birth defects, reproductive defects. And so up until this product came out, from what I understand, the resin material that was used for tooth-colored fillings all had BPA in it.
0: And so – I'll come out real quick. Is that kind of like the – I've heard stories that there's mercury in there, and then if they remove the mercury, it actually could be like if they remove the filling that has mercury, it could be worse because there's so much vapor and messes up your thyroid.
1: That's a separate type of rest. That's a whole separate thing. That was used before the filling material, the tooth-colored filling material, became um, into came into the market, and so those silver fillings, a lot of people have them. um, They aren't done so much anymore. But,, um, many people talk about wanting to get them replaced, and there is a very technique sensitive process to that. I mean, you don't want to just take out the filling, you want to make sure that the patient's you know um, nasal airway is covered because you don't mm. want those vapors to come in and you don't want them to be um you know ingesting anything, so you have to use a specific type of um, you know guard in the mouth and there are dentists out there that do that the holistic way and use ozone and a special removal you know contraption. I am not doing that in my practice yet, but I think that if you do want to get your mercury fillings removed, do your due diligence and definitely look into what um, the repercussions could possibly be. And you're a chiropractor, correct?
0: Yeah, that's why I've heard yeah, these conspiracy so my theories. My
1: fiance is also a chiropractor, and that was one okay. of the things that I, I know is very big for you guys. And I, I, I think you guys are also a little bit reluctant about root canals, correct?
0: I don't really have any idea about you that. Don't?
1: No? Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, it is a body you know so you have yeah. to ask yourself we can't pinpoint that you know my my index finger hurts because i have a silver filling but it probably yes. has some sort of effect
0: i was listening to like uh, dave asprey's bulletproof radio and he just had some lady on there that was uh, went on a tangent actually uh-huh. about the the mercury and the thyroid issue and she wrote the i guess part of a chapter on that or something so yeah. it kind of was front of, front of mine awareness to ask you that so you're saying they've went from that to a uh a filling that actually has the color of your teeth. And that's what had the BPA.
1: Exactly. And so now there's the color of your teeth, but they've removed the BPA.
0: Hey, is there not like a way to just put a a coating on top of the old cap so that it encapsulates the mercury ones, (laughs) the silver ones. So that way it doesn't ever (laughs) like need to be changed.
1: Actually, you cannot. So if you try to bond mm. a material to the silver, it creates like a micro gap that allows bacteria to get trapped under there. It can cause some pretty deleterious effects. So oftentimes, mm. uh, not oftentimes, luckily, but when I do see, you know, tooth colored filling bonded to a, a silver filling, that's a no, no. You don't want to do that in, um, in your mouth. It's going to create more problems. Definitely.
0: Well, they should create a welding technique for that. I know, it. Okay? <laughs> You got a filament in there. there Watch out, a, lady. The sparks are coming. In the
1: research and, you know, I'm not super involved with it, but I know that every day there's new stuff coming out.
0: Wow. Well, what about, uh, I always like the idea of implants versus a bridge. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's a different option, but maybe they cost like 10 grand a, a piece. Maybe yeah. that's why people don't do implants very often.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're becoming more cost effective. I think, you know, when I got, I have implants just because I am, um, had two teeth in the front through from an impact when I was a child, the, the roots were resorbed. So I got implants and I think they were, they were pretty costly when I got them. 10, 10 Gs a pop, if not more. Um, but now, you know, you can find more cost effective places to get it done. Um, it's almost like when the plasma TV first came out, you know, and it was like $30,000, and now you can go get like a plasma TV or LCD TV for how much, like a couple hundred. Um, but it yeah. is it is a rock-solid rock solid option, you know, whereas before if you had a broken tooth or a, an infected tooth, you could get either an extraction or a root canal to treat it. Um, mm-hmm. Now you can put a medical-grade screw into the bone allow your osteoblast and osteoclast to come in and build bone around the threads of the screw, and then it becomes so rigid that the likelihood of something like that ever coming out is very low, unless you're a smoker or you've got pre-existing gum disease. But
0: um, uh, What's the tooth made out of? What's the what? What's the tooth made out of it? I'm thinking you can still break that on like a nice piece of ash <laughs> or something.
1: So this is a, this, that's a common question. So the actual screw goes underneath the bone and then you just kind of put the gum over it, suture it, let it heal for about three months while the, the bone builds around the screw threads. After mm-hmm. that's done, you put what's called a, an abutment and it's a, a little bit of a ledge on top of the implant. And then over that abutment, you put the tooth. So it's three uh-huh. separate parts almost.
0: Which helps, So it put, kind of slides in.
1: Yeah, it just kind of goes in like a block.
0: Ah. And it's strong? It's very strong.
1: In fact, okay. it's so strong that you have to worry if you do too many implants that someone could fracture their bone because you can have so much more chewing pressure on an implant than you can on your natural teeth. Okay. So you can wow. fracture your jawbone or your maxilla. So, so you
0: don't have to worry about chipping the tooth, the fake tooth.
1: The fake tooth, the likelihood of that is probably low depending on the material that you use. You know, this porcelain, zirconia, oh. zirconia is really strong. Um, if you have the implant opposed to a natural tooth, your natural tooth is very likely to chip. Wow. Or at least wear down. That's wild.
0: I yeah. mean, I saw some surgeries. You know, you look at Instagram and you're shocked to see what you could find sometimes. Yeah. And I, I was awesome also some videos. There. I was like, oh, I think I almost, became a, no, I almost became a dentist. I think it crossed my mind at some point And I was like, hmm. <laughs> I don't think I can handle all that blood. And uh, And there's a lot of surgery in
1: there for sure.
0: Oh man. yeah, it's, it's a, you know, working here in, in China. I mean, I see just people, I guess they didn't brush their teeth for like years. They just got the black, I guess it's just rot, right? The teeth are just literally rotting in their mouth.
1: Yeah. That's what happens. And I did my honors thesis in college on um, the international uh, discrepancies in uh, oral healthcare providers. I mean, I think America is doing pretty well, but everywhere else seems to not be doing too well in their oral health needs. So uh, yeah. hopefully, you know, it goes across to, to internationally because it makes such a difference. I mean, it's been linked to heart disease. It's been linked to diabetes. Uh, mm-hmm. Just you, thinking about the inflammatory response that your body has to produce when you do have gum disease is of course going to affect the rest of your body.
0: Yeah. I heard, um, what was it? There's some kind of bacteria that's only found in the mouth but if you had like a procedure and you get a heart attack, I guess a few months later, they'll find that same bacteria in your heart.
1: Yeah. I mean, the blood vessels are all there. So if you have that, uh, that, you know, very, uh, not advanced, but even moderate to severe, uh, periodontal disease, which means that your gums and bones are both implicated, then that those bacteria will, those anaerobes will travel through your bloodstream and they will get to the rest of your body. So, uh, you know, not to scare tactic anyone here, but if you have if you need a deep cleaning, get a deep cleaning because there's a reason that, you know, your hygienist and doctor are recommending it. it. It plays such a role in just your quality of life and your systemic processes.
0: And, look, and I can do it. I white knuckle that table. Yeah. And they get that ultrasonic <laughs> one, you know, that little yeah. the jet stream. The, the, the hygienist hey. is always looking at me. like, are you okay? I'm like, <laughs> Yep. Yeah. I'm just ready for you to hurt me. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, sometimes they miss and it hurts. So I'm just I'm bare knuckled. I'm ready.
1: Yeah. But when it works, it's it quicker. Works. It does, does a good job. Just do it. But you know what's so funny is more often than not, all I hear from patients, I mean, they could walk in with just so much work that needs to be done and still the first question is, what about your whitening? how much is whitening and can oh, I get right. whitening from you? Can I do it in office? And so all the questions revolve around whitening um, when there's so many underlying issues that first need to be addressed, you know? So I don't know what it is about society where everyone just wants super, super white teeth. Yeah. Uh,
0: that's, that's, <laughs> society is, yeah, I don't even know what to say on that one. That's I so know. true though.
1: I know. Oh. It's crazy. It's just like wanting the uh, aesthetic superficial improvement versus the actual.
0: Yeah. Don't, don't look in the back half of my mouth. That's just not going work. <laughs> So what is your actual specialty? Do you have a specialty yet?
1: So the cool thing about dentists is as soon as you graduate, you are free to do any procedure in dentistry that you want. Um, They do have different options. Like my best friend went and got an advanced education in general dentistry where she became more proficient in implants and complicated treatments like root canals um, and full mouth cases. So that was about a year long. They have some where you can do a general practice residency in a hospital, learn how to place IVs and sedation. Uh, Then Mm -hmm. they have your specialties like orthodontics and um, oral surgery I decided to stick to general. I was interested in one specialty, but it's crazy to think that if I had pursued it, I'd still have like a year or two left before I became a practicing dentist. So I'm happy I didn't do it. It wasn't in the cards for me, but I think that the people that are out there specializing, you know, kudos to you guys because there's a lot of stuff that I don't feel comfortable doing and I refer out every day.
0: Um, But it is what would that be? uh,
1: You know, like if I see a a person come in with a molar that has six canals, you know, typically you want to see four to five maybe. And if it's got six and it's, you know, the patient can only open, you know, four or five millimeters or, um, you know, they're a high anxiety patient refer, send it off. You know, it's not Ah. worth my time or effort to try to get that patient comfortable and do the treatment um, at the standard of care.
0: Oh, gotcha. Okay. And orthodontics, that seems like it'd be a very profitable oh, yeah. venture to go down. Um, orthodontics is, is it...
1: also the toughest, I believe, specialty to get into. That and uh, pediatrics are pretty pretty tough. And oral surgery, you know, mm-hmm. obviously it's hard to, they're all yeah. fairly hard. I think um, in my school, at least, the orthodontics program was reserved for the top the top five or ten people that graduated okay. in the class. Because, you know, low overhead, quick time with patients, you are not spending more than 10 to 15 minutes with them. Your assistant can do most of the work, like most of the hands-on work. Um, but general, as a general dentist, I do do Invisalign, and I know a lot of my adult patients appreciate that. Uh, the same thing versus metal braces.
0: Yeah, I mean they still work. I'm, they still I'm thinking work, that yeah. would be the specialty. So you're you're capable of doing Invisalign. You're just not doing the metal.
1: Then I'm not doing the metal. Just it takes a little bit more um, finesse to be able to bend a wire the way that you need to, and to know where to place the brackets. I mean, Invisalign helps their docs so much. They send us templates um for everything. So it's just foolproof. You just follow step by step and they make it easier on their GP to get the Invisalign into a patient's mouth and the technology is crazy. You know, if you sign up for Invisalign today, I could pull up a 3D model of your teeth and show you where they would be with every single tray that you had up until the very end and you'd be able to see the final result.
0: So you're kind of like a tech, I would hate to say it like this, but like a, more like a technician within design, yeah. like the well, software does the rest?
1: They would never say that because they know better than to rub their doctors the wrong way that way. Yeah, They're yeah, yeah. doing the prescription, you know, um, you know, Justin has, uh, class two occlusion with some mild crowding. Uh, we need to not touch number 20 because there's an implant there and he's got a bridge on the upper left. So that kind of stuff we still have to articulate. And then they kind of create the, the, they fabricate the models and the trays and send it over to us and, you know, give us the guidelines of how they recommend us to
0: to place the It Does it take longer?
1: Invisalign? Yeah. No, it is a a very, they just changed their guidelines. They used to say that you had to wear your trays for two weeks. It is now seven days. And uh, Uh, they have different options. You know, if, if you just want a couple of trays to get some mild crowding fixed, that'll take five weeks. They have some where it's 10 weeks, 14 weeks. My fiance was in it for Three and a half months.
0: So, so why would you go with the uh, Invisalign? Why would you do metal braces instead of Invisalign? I,
1: there's a lot of complicated cases that can't be treated with Invisalign. For instance, okay, underbites so. are tough ones. You're going to need surgery most likely, uh, or some sort of um, uh, more advanced techniques. And then, if you have a crossbite, which means you know your lower teeth are coming out over your um, uh, top teeth, so if like you know mm. your bottom teeth kind of overlaps over your top teeth, oh, okay. uh, that is a tough one to fix with Invisalign. So there are certain limitations. Um, and then there's a lot of orthodontists that just feel like the metal gets them the results that they want. It just depends okay. on, it goes back to the plan A, plan B versus thing. If you can't have absolute perfect, is that a deal breaker or will you find an option right. that's more suited for the patient, more hygienic, more aesthetic and gets them good enough
0: results? Well, I'll tell you this. I had braces cause oh, for different reasons and my teeth look still good on the front, but the backs like the, you know, they've, they've gone side, like they, uh, they've inverted. they're not level. They're not yeah. level. Oh, I didn't realize you have to wear these stupid uh, retainers your entire life. <laughs> yes. I mean, I wore it for years, and I was like, man, I'm tired of wearing this dumb thing. Yeah. And then, you know, slowly, I guess, over, like, years, you realize, like, hey, yeah. this, I got to get something else in there. Like, at least they look straight on the yeah. front end. But I was like, <laughs> what the crap? I, I didn't even tell these people. I mean, forever. I
1: think you, if any, anyone knows, that your bone is constantly remodeling and constantly building and breaking down. And so your palate and your mandible are no exception to that. will continue to
0: do it all your life. I guess I'll have to go Invisalign one day if I choose to. You know where to find me. That's right. I'll make my way to Dallas. That's DFW, right? Yeah. Any other any other uh, plug? Any self plugs that you would like to give, real quick?
1: Self plugs. Self plugs.
0: I mean, I think I've talked
1: about myself a lot. You know, I I feel like okay. I bring a unique. You know, I think I read Steve Jobs said, "Don't do it differently. Do it." or don't do it better, do it differently. I think that's what he said. So, you know, there's a thing called the red ocean that I learned in um, business school, which is when there's so much competition out there, it's like the sharks are eating each other. And so the, there's blood in the water and it becomes a red ocean. What you want to find is a blue ocean, which is can be in the same industry, but you go in and you're creating uh, something new and something fresh. And I think I bring that to the table with empowering my team and really focusing on having a moral and ethically in line Um, vision. And so, uh, we are at one practice right now. We are going to expand, um, as soon as we feel like it's, uh, processes and procedures are in place and, and we're making sure that we're giving our patients the top, the highest quality care possible. Um, Mm. so in terms of plug, you know, if you're in the DFW area, would love to see you. If you're a, a, wanting to be a dentist or you're fresh out of dental school or you're in dental school, um, give me a shout because I, I, I've been there and I've, I remember going through the experience of wanting to be a dentist and then applying dental school and then being in dental school and really holding on to the emotions that I had in those walks of life because you don't want, ever want to get out and be like, oh, it was easy or, you know, you'll get through it. You want to have some sort of empathy for the people that are going through the same thing. So i um, always here to support and mentor. And uh, that's
0: what I love to do. You made a comment earlier about staff training. I took you on a long tangent because, <laughs> um, you know, you said when you first started, you were by yourself. And you're like, I need to learn from somebody, which I think is a smart option. Yeah. And then now you have your own staff and you're you're training them. You're using emotional intelligence, love languages. Walk me through, how do you find out what it is that you want your staff to do as far as like the hygienist or the staff themselves? Like, how do you train them? What did you, what did you do? How do you find good staff, I guess, as well? That,
1: you know, I got really lucky in this situation. So I was temping at an office just um, because I was taking a few days off a week to do my business school. And then when I graduated, I wanted to pick up a few more days. So I got this gig and there was an older dentist, 86, 87 years old. He had been in his practice for 50 plus years and his staff had been there, you know, for a very long time. I think the office manager was there for 15 to 20 years. Hygienist was the same. And the assistant was there for about seven or eight. So I started there two days a week and we just built up a really good rapport. You know, we would have such great conversations. And it would be so much fun. And we really felt like we were taking care of the patient. And uh, just to rewind, the the dentist that was there who was 86 or 87 had a health incident. So he had to step down from the practice. And he needed someone to just temp while he was trying to find a way to come up with an exit strategy. So Mm -hmm. uh, I tried to buy that practice. The deal fell through. I think the older dentists who have been with their practice for 50-plus years um, tend to value them on an emotional (sighs) level versus a monetary and economic level. So we had made a deal. He didn't like the amount after uh, a couple weeks. And so we decided to just build our own practice. Now, the lucky thing about the situation was there was no non-compete, no non-solicitation. There wasn't even a contract. So when I (laughs) told the staff that I was building my own office across the street, they wanted to come with me, which was such a blessing. So when it comes to picking and hiring, I really don't have a lot of solid advice. I feel like I will maybe in about a year or two. But right mm-hmm. now, you know, I've had a team for a long time that we've been able to work together and grow together. And so when I open the doors to my practice on Monday, you know, we're just like a family. We've we've been working together for so long that they know how I like things to be done and they, they know how I like to do work.
0: Very good. Yeah. So you got to this new clinic. You got these loans, I'm guessing. You're, you're- – <laughs> You're, you're feeling the burden of being an entrepreneur. What are your, some of your top two, maybe three marketing tactics that are working or you have in play that you hope will work?
1: Yeah. So I don't want to create any enemies out there that are listening, but I do not have loans, which has been the world's biggest blessing. My uh, partner in this is my dad. And so okay. he is the the life and soul of getting the practice up to where it is today. And he's allowed me to have the autonomy to to create the vision that I've always wanted. And we have a, a, a marketing person on staff. You know, there's a lot of companies out there in every healthcare industry where they will market your practice for you. And you're paying mm. them to do kind of what they do for all of their clients. And so I really was opposed to the idea of having something that looked like what others had already done. So when I created my vision, you know, he was like, let's get you someone who can execute it. So we got a great marketing girl. She's got us on social media, you know, Yelp, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, that has been great. Word of mouth has been great. Um, and just making sure our brand permeates, you know, you look at the Starbucks symbol and you look at Nordstrom and you look at any household brand, what is it that makes them so what resonates with what they're doing? And so that's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to do from the get-go. So if you go to my social media, every single picture on my Instagram and Facebook page will be branded. Because when you see the B, I want you to think of dentistry with integrity. I want you to think of brush. So like I said, proof of concept is still in the works. We're going to mm-hmm. see how it goes. But, you know, we're doing direct mail marketing as well. And the fact okay. that my hygienist has been embedded in the community for 15-plus years has helped us have a good patient flow to start off with. But we're, we're in that Phase of our business where we're just trying everything and we'll see what we need to wean off of. Um, you know, we didn't do the yellow
0: pages, but. Uh, Thank goodness. <laughs> I mean, you're doing direct mail, but that seems like a very dentist thing to do. Yeah. Here's your checkup. Here's your checkup. But yeah, I yellow pages could be. Direct good, really.
1: mail can get pricey. So there's um, yeah. a company, there's a couple of companies out there that'll charge you, you know, for 50,000 mailers off the bat, same design, and they'll give, they'll, charge you $25,000, and they want it right away. So when we looked Whoa. at the different contracts that we got, and we were able to design, print, and mail our own mailers, I think for somewhere in the $2,000 ballpark range. So yeah. if you do it on your own, it will take a little bit more time, probably a little bit more of a headache. But in, in today's day and age, with technology being so user-friendly, get out there and design it. Make it what you want it to be.
0: Yeah, you only have so much time and. Only so much money, like that's a lot of money to, to, to put on mailing. Did yes. you end up going to the post office and getting one of those, um, I don't know, what do you want to call it, junk mail certificates?
1: Uh, no, I haven't, but we are using the post office for our direct mail. And they're, they're phenomenal. You go online and you know and what you can, I'm talking
0: about? There's like a stamp where it cuts your postage rate in half.
1: I have no idea, but now I'm going to look into it. Thank you. Yeah, because if
0: you, I was putting postcards one time for like, uh, New people move into the area or something. And I was buying lists once. It's just, you know, you got to try something. And anyway, on the post office, there was some kind of card that you get. And then you just, you have to do a certain amount or the exact same thing over and over. Uh-huh. But it's, I don't know if it's half the price, but it was, it was substantially less money. Really? You're gonna, yeah. But it had to be like postcard size. So I don't know what you're mailing. Yeah, but, well,
1: they're postcard size.
0: Yeah, there's a, tr- there's a little trick. It might You might already okay, have it and hey, you'll realize it.
1: Look at that. I'll go check it out. Yeah, we are using that our mail out they do a every door direct mail marketing service which is awesome
0: hmm maybe it's built into that
1: yeah maybe who knows
0: i kind of yeah. got out by the time they started doing that i was like oh this is really kind of cool i was like well yeah.
1: <laughs> they probably do include it because it's a great service you know and i would imagine that they'd want you to feel confident that your mail is going to where you want it to go
0: absolutely how do you know if your uh, company's horrible and you need to fire you're a marketing person what's your what's your goal Think, I
1: think a lot of people jump the gun on this firing and they don't communicate their needs first. I think that goes across the board. Um, mm-hmm. you know, why don't they know that I want it differently? Well, have you talked to them about it? You know, have you told them that you want things to be done differently? Uh, when you hire someone, they are working for you. And if they ever stop acting like they're working for you, that's when you need to have a conversation or maybe consider termination. But before you get to that point, there's like 10 other steps, you know, like how can we get on the same page? How can you do what I'm asking you to do? How can I facilitate you doing what I'm asking you to do? So I haven't gotten to that point yet where I've had to terminate anyone, but we've had conversations Um, you know, where we try to get back onto the same track of what I'm trying to accomplish. And I think oftentimes people need to be given the benefit of the doubt, just communicate and see where they stand and why they're doing what
0: they're doing. makes sense. It is a hard one. I mean, I've heard stories where they just don't work out Yeah, and it is. It's like, well, did you need results immediately or are you supposed to wait a couple of months? Yeah. Um, I don't really like the, uh, seven times you have to hit somebody seven times. I'm like, well, it's not like a magic number at some point. Somebody would have had to just be like, oh, this is the first time I see it, and I had a, a tooth problem, so I decided to come in. It's like, well, how long am I supposed to wait before I have to stop spending money yeah. to not get anything on return? You know? Yeah, I get it. Where do you see your profession going in the next five years?
1: I would hopefully like to expand in the DFW market. That would be mm-hmm. ideal for me, uh, just to grow the brand and the vision and, and maybe get all throughout Texas at some point. I would like to transition out of practice ownership, at some point in my life, um, I've always wanted to um, get a degree from an Ivy League school in particular, you know, either somewhere in the Northeast. Um, and that's something that I don't want to give up on. That's something that I've always wanted to do and maybe use that degree to get into more of the the corporate level work. Um, so we'll see how things go. You know, right now I'm 27 and doe-eyed and I have all these big goals for my life. And so we'll see what, what you know, God puts in front of me and what opportunities come in front of me. I, I, I'm, c- I'm so happy that I've been able to do um, this practice like I've always wanted to do. But, you know, who knows where life takes me down the line? So we'll see. I, I, it would be great yeah. to work for, a, you know, like a Colgate um, and be a part of some sort of a, of their nonprofit division and just use the, the the breadth of experience that I'll have in my life to do some
0: some real good. Oh, okay. Ver- that versus making Brush nationwide, making it the next Monarch yeah. Monarch.
1: yeah, you know, that would not to call uh, out
0: them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be nice. They do have a, you know, an interesting reputation, I think, in some areas. But it would I mean, if I'm able to do it in a way that I'm still able to maintain my reputation, then why not? You know, if I can provide that place for people where they feel like they're really being taken care of, you know, why do people buy things from Nordstrom? Because they know that their customer service is second to none. They know Mm. that if they buy something, they don't like it five years later, they can return it, you know? So if people Mm. can have that same sense of, of trust and faith into what I'm building, then of course I'd like to take it nationwide. It just gets tricky, you know, as you grow to make sure that people are representing your vision the way that you want them to, and they make it their own vision, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And not the discount, but like if your dad owns a hospital, he's got connections. Yeah. And you know what I mean like it really could help to Yeah. Like, how do I expand? How do I get a second location? Yeah. Who do I talk to and yeah. all that kind of stuff? Like, you know, it's for those who don't have those kind of connections, we're always like, "Oh, so lucky." Right? Yeah. You know, for, you know. <laughs> but at the same time like, look, you have it. Yeah. Exploit it. Use I know. it to your how advantage. I mean, that's how it is.
1: So I read a book called uh, Your True Finding Your True North and uh, it's just crazy what uh um, the amount of success can do to certain people. You hear about it in Wall Street, you hear about it even within your own circle of friends or extended circle. So what I want to make sure that I do is just hold on to my why. You know, why Mm. am I doing this? Why am I building this practice? I want to create a place where people feel valued. I want people to love where they work. I want to love where I work. I want to treat my dentists well that work for me and I want my patients to get the best quality care. So if I can do that and I can expand and grow um, and continue to keep that Core missions, and of course, I will do it. Yeah.
0: You know, I think of like uh, Clinton's kid and like Trump's kids, and you know, both of them. It's like, would they have been that great if they weren't, their parents weren't who they were? They'd probably just be another Joe trying to make it. Yeah. But they got all the experience and all the, you know, all that stuff behind the scenes that you and I may not have gotten politically. Yeah. And so they've all of a sudden got all the business accolades, the political accolades just from people they know and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, Maybe I just matter. think, you know, we're, you're,
1: you're dealt a certain cards by life, you know, who your yeah. your parents are and where you're born and all of that. And it's just up to you how you take advantage of your, your blessings.
0: American dream, right? Yep. Cool. Well, let's see. We're going to switch over to personal stuff because I want to make sure we respect your time and get you out of here soon. Cool. Um, you've been out for a little while, working jobs. You just started your own. You have a plan. How did you take vacation? Uh-huh. And do you have a plan so that you can take yeah. vacation and not be burned out?
1: Oh, I am 100% in support of a work-life balance. I think that you need to be able to have time for yourself and you need to be able to decompress and whatever it is that helps you just get zen and feel at peace. I feel like, the best way to compartmentalize your stress and to, um, you know, feel more at ease with what you're doing is to have these things to look forward to. So I travel a lot. I think a lot of people are confused as to how I travel so much just because I make time for it. You know, um, I, when I was younger, I used to say, you know, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. And my dad had to sit down and say, don't say that because you make time for the things that you want to do. You know, we have the same 24 hours in a day as Beyonce. And so if we want to do something with our day, we should just do it. So, you know, I recently came back from Colombia, which was phenomenal. I spent six days in Cartagena. You know, we're always going places nationally, internationally. So if you can, and your, your staff will appreciate it too. Tell them to go spend time with their families and to go enjoy and take trips with their loved ones or just relax with their loved ones don't make everything so cutthroat and go, 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 go. You know, life will pass you by too quickly.
0: How do you, so how do you take six days off? Are you hiring people to fill in for you? Just well, I mean, at point, the doors? I was working for someone else <laughs> Okay.
1: and you know, you can though, if you talk to someone well in advance and you give them a good enough notice, they can't tell you, you can't, then you're working in the wrong place.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And it wasn't six days. I mean, include the weekend, you know, so right.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm just kind of curious because sometimes we, we want to do things and either financially we're like, I got overhead and i yeah. a vacation, so I really don't have the finances to do both or yeah. they don't know how to um, put somebody, either take off, hire somebody for the week. Yeah. Uh, so there's all the kind the of different answers. So I was just curious. I don't
1: mean to sound silver spoon or anything. You know, ever since I graduated, I've been supporting myself, this business is a venture with my dad. I just think that, you know, if you want to do it and you want to live the life, a certain type of life, then you should find a way to make it make it work.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Very nice. So besides um, work, any uh, hobbies or volunteering or anything that really preoccupies your mind?
1: Yeah. You know, I used to be really involved in leadership when I was in dental school. I was in the National um, Student National Dental Association treasurer for two years. I was my local chapter as their president. So through those connections, I've been able to meet tons of people at conferences and whatnot. And I try to stay pretty involved in organized dentistry. Right now, a good amount of my free time is, you know, spent planning my wedding, I'm getting married. And I'm also um, taking a fellowship exam to become a fellow in the Academy of General Dentistry this summer. So studying for that. um, And you know, just spending time with the people I care about. I live in uh, Dallas where my whole family is my parents, my sisters, my nieces, my nephew, my fiance, his family. So it's nice to just spend time with the people that you care about. Um, I would say that's probably my my most favorite hobby. Yeah,
0: it's a good hobby.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I love to ask this question. Significant other, fiancé, what, what do you guys do together? That helps you feel connected and and keep the love alive. You're obviously in the best part of a relationship. Yeah. Actually, it's about to get a little stressful. Weddings can be a little stressful, a little bit of strain on the relationship. But, but what do you you all do to stay connected?
1: Man, we are so supportive and in sync, and we encourage each other so much to just maximize on our potential. You know, there's always a new challenge that we're working on. Right now, it's waking up at 4:30 in the morning, so we have at least an hour to just read. Um, We also, you know, are always talking. Just bouncing ideas off of each other. He has big lofty goals too. And I know that he can see them through and achieve them and, and just being that constant source of inspiration. you know. Um, we love spending time together. And I think if you're with someone and they you don't love spending time with them, you're probably with the wrong person. Um, mm-hmm. But if there's ever anything that I'm doing, it's always just better when he's there. So even with this practice, he's been such a lifeline for me just just being there to talk to you about the different things that are happening. It's been so nice to just have someone that you can just tell everything to. And then they shuffle through all the nonsense and they get to like the gold and they, they just push you. So it's been really good.
0: Is there any joint practice in the future?
1: I hope so. I mean, he's One ginormous a building. chiropractor. So I would love to have him like next to me, maybe in the suite next to me. Um, but we definitely have plans, you know, to, to build something together.
0: That's cool. That's sweet. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, you talked about your morning, so I'm curious. What is the morning routine or even a lunch routine that gets you grounded and excited for the rest of the day?
1: Man, I as hard as it is in the moment to open your eyes and get up at 430, it is one of the best things that I've ever adopted into my schedule. Um, mm-hmm. First off, it forces you to sleep at a normal time because you don't want to go to bed at midnight and wake up four and a half hours later. It's just not good for you.
0: What's normal? I normally sleep around
1: morning. nine, nine thirty, And yeah. uh, you know, there is those times when you're in a social situation where it might be a little bit later, but I never, ever try to sleep past 11. I mean, it's just like impossible for me to be at my max productivity the next day, wake mm. up four thirty, get the coffee ready, read and prepare for the day. Just mentally map out what your day is going to look like, what you have to do, um, how it's going to go. And the change has been night and day, you know, compared to dental school where I would just, you know, get out of bed five minutes before class and throw on some scrubs and get there. I mean, you're just flustered. You have no idea how your day is going to go because you haven't had time to reflect on it. But once yeah. you create a vision for your day, it executes so smoothly. And it's just so nice to get that extra time of just expanding your knowledge, you know, giving your brain that exercise that it needs.
0: I want to wake up to do these podcasts uh actually yours was nice it wasn't quite as early if i stay up and don't go back to bed oh my goodness you get so much done so
1: much so imagine doing so that much every done. day
0: <laughs> you're like by nine o'clock i've already had half my day
1: exactly <laughs> exactly it's awesome uh, nine o'clock i'm having my second cup of coffee you know
0: yeah let's go let's do it uh-huh. um the next question of course is going to be favorite books blogs podcasts etc and you already said you're spending an hour reading so what are What's on Sarah's mind? What are you reading these days?
1: I am reading Originality by Adam Grant. That's a really good book so far. I'm about halfway through. A lot of the books that I read are personal and professional development. I do like to include, like, you know, I read Amy Schumer's Girl with the Lower Back Tattoo recently. I thought it was hilarious. I love, like, when comedians write books. The Amy Poehler's book, yes, was amazing, you know. So that kind of stuff just adds a little bit of humor and lightheartedness to to my collection, but for the most mm-hmm. part, I, when I read something, I wanted to expand, you know, um, where I stand and and what a, and my understanding of the world. So, um, in terms of blogs that I enjoy. Uh, There is a dental blog that's really good, The Curious Dentist. He has opened my eyes to a lot of business ownership, and he also had a list of the five best books to read when you become a dental entrepreneur, and I read each one of them, and they were amazing. Um, For Mm -hmm. anyone out there that's in the healthcare industry that owns their own business, Raving Fans is a a must. You must read that book. It takes you about an hour and a half, and you feel like a badass because you read it so quickly because it's a really quick book to read but you will completely shift your paradigms on how to approach customer service. I loved it. Um, So there's so much information out there. I mean, if you get on Khan Academy, get on iTunes U, I mean, you'll be able to learn whatever you want and however you want to do it at whatever pace you want to do it. So just take advantage of the the knowledge that's out there. Tap into it.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I am curious because I just love reading books and it's one of the things I like to put out there. Do you have anyone that you would say really... Like rocked your world, like changed the way you think?
1: Man, I loved Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. I cannot wait to read Option B. It just came out um, a couple of weeks ago. But Lean In is so empowering for women. And I know you're doing a women's series. So if there are women listening and haven't read that book, read it. Have your husbands read it. Let your kids read it. It just is phenomenal in how it, 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 it lifts up women into being you know who they're meant to be and doing everything they've ever wanted to do
0: that's a great point any advice for women doctors <laughs> <laughs> for women students not even act doctors yeah. yet like what would you say we're Can like you do a it? very like-
1: interesting situation you know i often get asked about kids and life and family a lot of questions that you know my male counterparts probably don't get asked nearly as often
0: and are you throughout- married let's get coffee <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah and you know there's um A lot of the sweethearts and, you know, honeys that's being said throughout and I'm a professional, you know, those are not the types of words that I want to be called. So I'm still trying to find a a way to approach it. And Cheryl Sandberg helped me a lot with her book and being more um, empowered in that regard. But I would just say to women, like, don't table your professional goals for family. I mean, there's a way to find to have both. It's been done. So many times, and we almost had a, a responsibility as professional women to raise children that contribute to society and that are educated and that are um, cultured and so use it as a, an abil- as a, as, a, as a way to continue to thrive in your professional life um, what what I think is um, devastating is when people have start their families and then you know, if you want to be a full-time mom by all means, you know good for you, it is a tough job. it is hard to do. Yeah. But if you could find a way to continue your professional growth, man, I'm so proud of you. Good for you. I mean, there's a way to do it. and we've got resources I wish that the country would um you know catch up with with help in terms of getting that babysitting help and giving maternity paternity leave across the board because it's just so important um but yeah to the women out there if that's your goal if you want to be a full-time mom good for you but if you want to find a way to continue with your career do it you know make it happen don't give up on your professional goals
0: do you think that working two or three days a week like if you had like i don't know two or three kids or something yeah and it falls back on you like okay i'm the woman traditional role i still have to somehow be in charge of all these kids yeah um is there amount of, a certain amount of days that you would feel like you're still contributing, like two or three See, days I'm a week? See, I'm so glad or? you said
1: that because I challenge those traditional roles. I am fortunate mm-hmm. to be in a partnership where he's very well aware that when we do have children, it's going to be both of us doing our part to raise them. And often mm-hmm. women just feel like it's their sole responsibility and we need to change that. It is not your sole responsibility. Study after study, research after research shows the importance, the value of having a male father figure in a child's life. Or even, you know, just a spouse. You know, someone's got to be there helping. You cannot take on all the responsibilities on your own, and you have to set the groundwork from the beginning. You have to let them bond. You know, micromanaging is, is just... It has no role, I think, in parenting like that. You know, oftentimes you'll see moms who just are like, let me do it. Let me put the diaper on. Let me put pick them up. Let me, you know, coddle them while they're crying. Let your husband or your spouse do that. Let them play an active role and let them. And, you know, I'm saying this in my naivety. I don't have children, but I know how I want to do it. I've. I've planned how I want it to go down, you know, and I'm sure there'll be surprises along the way, but I know I'm going to have the support system that I need. So if he needs to to work two to three days, and I need to work two to three days, then we'll make it work. But the sacrifice has to be balanced.
0: It's like those dads, that say I'm gonna go babysit my kid on Saturday. You're You're not babysitting, you're being a dad. (laughs) I know, that's
1: you watching your child. (laughs)
0: That's not called babysitting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) See, you get it, Justin, you understand where I'm coming
0: from. That's why I don't have kids yet because the uh, the burden, not the burden, but the well, the burden I feel to have to be a good dad is yeah. heavier than my uh, selfishness to just be myself right now.
1: Yeah, I get it. I, I can definitely relate.
0: Well, that's what's great about your profession too, is and your and your your soon to be husband. You could do a yeah. two day week off. Oh yeah, know, and just stagger how you work and how he works so yeah. that somebody's always with the kid and never actually having to do babysitting and. <laughs> You know, generally speaking, that's kind of cool. Yeah. All right. Well, last question. Do you have any favorite? This is a fun question. We all have our phone. We're addicted. At least I am. Do you have a favorite app that's personal or pleasure that you just love to use or or find yourself gravitating towards besides like social media?
1: I love looking up trips. So I don't think I have a certain app, but I'll be on TravelZoo or Expedia or any sort of, you know, fair, you know, deal website. Throughout the day all day, and i I've booked maybe point zero one percent of the things that I actually find. I would even say point zero zero one percent, but I'm always yeah. like, babe, there's a trip to Bali for eight hundred dollars, and it's just exciting for me you know I just like to look and see what's out there, and so I have like this long running list of all the places that I want to go, but I just am um, and so it's, you know I think that's probably why I make traveling such a priority because I'm just obsessed with it. I love looking into it, I love seeing what's out there, and uh, that's probably where I gravitate to mostly what's travel zoo? Check it out, TravelZoo.com. Okay, Travel
0: do- <laughs> All right, I'll do that. I was thinking, I wonder if it's like a hopper or not, but I don't know. We'll see. a bunch of deals. A bunch of deals. That's what I want to hear. Yeah. Very nice. Well, how can people get in touch with you?
1: Um, how can they find you? I'm so transparent in my contact information. You can send me a text or call. My phone number, 214-534-1915. You can email me at Sarah S A R A K M dot D D S at com, I take a lot of pride in my ability to respond in a timely manner, which by the way, Justin, I'm really sorry about the, the Facebook messenger thing. That was, <laughs> it took me a week to get back to you because it went to my spam folder. So that was devastating. But <laughs> just for my own, you know, self worth, I was like, Oh no, I, I'm good about responding. So if you, well, reach glad out, you agreed, yeah, if you reach out to me, I'll get back to you.
0: Fantastic. Oh, what uh, website
1: in www.brushheb.com what's heb it stands for the hearst euless bedford area it's three different it's like a tri-city area and um right out outside of fort worth so we just kind of abbreviated it
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i saw i saw your website and i was like heb the grocery store no that can't be it i was like what is the (laughs) heb you know you're
1: not the first person to say that so i should probably get on the website and make some edits and just say hearst euless bedford
0: Well, as long as your uh, back-end SEO is correct with that, then you're working on it.
1: We're getting there. Perfect.
0: Awesome. Well, this has been an amazing hour. Thank you so much for being on the show. And if you ever uh, need anything, just uh, reach out and we'll definitely help each other out.
1: Likewise. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun.
0: Thank you so much for being on the show. Definitely a different perspective trying to put the team first versus always putting the patient first. But in essence, you're still putting the patient's needs by doing it in a different way. So really great to kind of wrap our heads around that. How can we implement that in our own clinic? Think critically, people. It's good to hear that there is a way to Always stay ethical in your business while still being profitable. And I think these interviews and reading books can really help you become more business savvy as well as developing your clinical skills through experience and continuing ed and those types of things. Once again, thank you for the book selections. They should be really good to read. You can always find those on the website under... A store, which is the Amazon store where I put all of the book suggestions and things like that. You can actually go to that, to doctorsperspective.net and purchase those books directly uh, off of my website. Again, the show notes at doctorsperspective.net 27. Travel tip coming up next. A big thank you to everybody who purchased the book. For those who are considering it, a doctorsperspective.net slash free ebook. You can get yourself a PDF version for free if you watch the video. Fantastic, you'll see the different reasons why you should read the book. We've got things from helping with headaches, stretches and exercises that you'll actually do, ways to figure out food labels, what's the deal with sugar, tricks for portion control and A nice chunk of the book, how can your body heal itself? Are you minimizing? Why are some people negative about chiropractic? What does it actually do? What is pain? What is a misalignment or a subluxation? You can go on Amazon. They got the Kindle version paperback book. As always, there's merchandise at the resources tab. There's podcast t-shirts. Chiropractic t-shirts, mugs, whether it's getting a cup of coffee, all the stuff is high quality, good ink job. If you like what we're doing, giving back a little bit, keep the show going. Definitely not necessary, but of course it's appreciated. If you head over to the website, the top right is all the social media flavors. Pick what you like, friend us. Of course, active on Instagram and Facebook the most and trying to do more live videos, trying to keep everything fresh. The pictures of my travels are typically on both of those big rush on facebook slow drip on instagram of course if you want to leave a comment definitely do that it helps us to know how to improve the podcast so that you guys like it better and of course if you leave a review on itunes or your android app that's very appreciative if you want screenshot it boom throw it up on facebook tag me and i'll give you a shout out travel tip for episode 27 if you're like me you read a lot of books and if you follow the podcast and you're like oh man i want to read the books that are on podcast whoo, it can get expensive so the easiest thing to do is go to the library oh yeah it's free plus if your local library doesn't have the book you want you can have them request it from a different library a couple days they'll ship it to you then you can read them in like two weeks so to me it's a win-win most books honestly after you read it once you know if you take notes you've got the highlights and there's a few main points that you can pull from from each book and then there's like stories and things that make him so long. So if you take notes while you're reading the book, you can just go back and read your notes when you need them. Or if the book's really that good, then go out and buy it. And you can read it however many times you want. We just went hashtag behind the curtain. And this episode has come to an end. I hope you got the right dose for your optimal life. Please spread the word about this podcast by telling two friends, sharing on social media, And visit the show notes on a doctorsperspective.net to see all the references from today's guest. A sincere thank you in advance. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trostclair, giving you a doctor's perspective.